Hello and welcome to Salopcast. It's Ollie. I'm back. Um, episode thirty. Um, and how you going, Dice? How you doing? I'm good. I've got Splendid. some. Yeah, I'm good. I've got someone here, Ollie, this week. Mr. John Molyneux has joined us this week. Uh, first time on the podcast, John. Yeah. Well, I was wondering how long it was going to take for you <laughs> to get desperate enough. Oh, you to ask me to come and do this with you, well, so I knew. I knew. You see, we Afro, Afro is a fellow um, Afro. I should say Afro. I'm going to end up calling you that the whole time through because that's what I've always called you. That's so fine. There we go. Um, but John was there at the uh, the snowstorm this week, so uh, yeah, it was nice to have another person that was at the game, Ollie. Because yeah, with your mad week you've had this week, you weren't at the game, were you? No, so I was. Yeah, I think it was a wise decision in the end not to do the podcast from Turkey because I was late and delayed and everything. And then yeah, I had my stag do this weekend, wow. so I'm feeling tired oh. um, <laughs> and a bit tired rough, and emotional. But, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be funny actually because obviously I watched the gate. Well, followed the game from Bristol, but yeah, we'll get to that there. So yeah, looking forward to, to looking forward to the pod and another great week. Yeah, it's been, it has been a good week. I suppose before we get into the game, really, with every guest, it's always good to sort of know where you're coming from. So when when did you start going, John? Uh, well, I went to a few games, probably 96, 97 times. I remember Devon White was up front. Oh. But that was, the only, cause, uh, that was the only real player I remember seeing, I think. I remember on his arse quite a lot. And then <laughs> when I really started going, that would have been 2001, the season where we just missed out in the playoffs Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Division 3. Um, yeah, so I went to the majority of home games that year and then... From then ever since, really. Yeah, fair play. And obviously, you're a bit younger than us, so you're. you're oh, well, Ollie, got... I was. I thought Ollie was young, quite young. <laughs> How old are you, Ollie? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. You, you carry it well. <laughs> well nice. Um, so, yeah, well, you're thirty odd, aren't you? I'm, I'm, may, may, I'm more than thirty-five. Let's leave yeah, it. Yeah, I'm under thirty. So <laughs> there you go. So yeah, so there you go. Might be our first under thirty person on the podcast. So yeah, we've got your all-time Apart team. From Sam Morris. Oh yeah, Sam's quite young, isn't he? To be fair. So um, but yeah, rather than going through your team, we're going to put that up on Twitter. But I, I thought it would just be interesting. Who are your top? Because we asked my dad this last week. So yeah, who your top three players in your, your time following town so far uh, all time favourite Peter Wilding obviously oh, I, I imagine most people choose him <laughs> um, well no, just he could well he couldn't play everywhere he, he got played everywhere <laughs> um, and obviously for the I wouldn't just say the Everton game is what kind of made it but he's just he looked like the kind of bloke that should just be playing Sunday League but he was for some reason <laughs> a professional footballer he was, he was a good professional he footballer he was huge to be through and through wasn't he yeah. to be fair um, yeah. and he was you're probably not going to have many long serving players no. like that now anymore so uh, yeah he's he's number one always will be number one <laughs> Go although, on, although I never had him on a shirt I had oh. Matt, I had Matt Redmile on the back of my shirt but I never had Peter Wilder that's embarrassing <laughs> I don't think I would admitted that on the podcast with you Ollie <laughs> no I wouldn't have done that <laughs> just... Go on then and what are you right you're over to uh, Andy Cook it's mainly for the for the MK Dons game, really, where mm. he managed to foul one of their players quite blatantly and then go through and score. I don't know, was it the equaliser or the, or the second goal yeah. when he fouled him? But that was just a hilarious night in general. Um, it was a great night, wasn't it? And I can't remember too much else that Andy Cook had ever done in a township, <laughs> but that moment alone kind of catapults him into, the, into the top three position. It's my moment, isn't it? And Sam Aston. Yes. Um my main memories of him are just well I suppose we haven't had many wingers really that pick up the ball and can run past people can get past so many players but still not cross the ball in properly I can't help but feel like there's a right sense of humour going on with uh, your picks here no no, absolutely not there I wouldn't I don't know if you'd have them in if if you were going for promotion you wouldn't have had 
probably any of these players in your team. Well, there you but go. I love uh, I love them all for different reasons. Mm. I think. There you go. Oh, good stuff. There you go. We've done. We've had those three before, have we, uh, Ollie? So yeah, Sam Aston was a good one. He was a good, you know, running running winger. But yeah, classic classic lower league winger. No end product. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's, that's harsh, isn't it? Well, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> so there we go. Bit of context. But uh, yeah, only one game this week, wasn't it? Which was the the Scunthorpe snowstorm I just talked about before. So I, I think before we move on to the game, have you warmed up yet, John? Uh, yeah, just about. We, Jesus. I'd actually warmed up before we left the Scunthorpe car park. It took us about an hour to get <laughs> oh, out of no. there. Not uh, ideal. So my feet were warm by the time we left, but yeah, it was horrible, wasn't it? In, in all honesty, Ollie, if you were going to miss one game this season, that was a good one to miss. As much as it was a good result, it was horrendous to actually go there as a fan. It was freezing, mate. Yeah, it looked pretty cold. It looked <laughs> it pretty crazy seeing the videos and on Twitter. Yeah, but it, it made it made the game, to be honest with you, as well. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll go on to the game now and we'll, uh, we'll talk you through what it was like. What a story at Game Meadow. Kevin Ratcliffe getting victory against his old team. Nigel Jemson scoring both the goals. A player who has flitted around the scene, often brightening places, but perhaps never quite justifying the talent that he had. But this has been his day. Cool. So Saturday, mm-hmm. um, 2-1 to Shrewsbury Tarrant, away at Scunthorpe United yep. at Glanford Park. Um, quite a low attendance, 3,800. It's not that surprising, is it, really, with the weather? No, but still, they're fifth. And we were talking, yeah. well, you know, third, sorry, well, third going into the game. It was a pretty yeah. much a, an important game for both teams. I was surprised how less people there was. Yeah, but so, yeah, how many time friends? About 400? 400, wasn't there, something like that. And yeah. and yeah, every single one of them deserved a medal, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, good good, good turnout for time fans. So, um, and that's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's five wins in a row now, isn't it? Yep. And our waveform is just amazing. Yes, it's five wins in all competitions, isn't it, in a row? And then yeah. five away wins in a row as well, which means we've won every away game since we played Blackpool and that, that disappointing loss back in probably January, wasn't it? Did I say Blackburn or Blackpool? You said Blackpool. Oh, okay. Well, I got it wrong again. Everyone was quite happy that we had so many home games left, but it's a bit of a negative now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Played them all away. Oh, it's a shame, really, isn't it? Yeah, we've only got four of the ten away, haven't we? Uh, to, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, go on. I mean, team selection, Ollie, it was the classic. Yeah, it's the classic team at the moment, obviously. We've got Henderson. Hendrew's in for Bolton, who's still injured. And Nasala and Sadler at the back. Your man, Beckles, at left yep. back. Um, and then Godfrey in the, in the hole. And then um, Worley, Nolan, Agogo, Rodman, Morris. Um, and that's how we started up. So, yeah, you got to the ground, lads. It was a bit cold. We got to the ground. Yeah, you went, went, to, the, went to the Hungry Horse, didn't we? <laughs> we did. <laughs> Should have stayed in the Hungry Horse, even though we won. I'm, I almost just wish I'd stayed in the Hungry Horse. I couldn't, I couldn't have stayed in the Hungry Horse. There were too many kids. I already had my <laughs> own kids with me, but there was too many other kids in there. Yeah, so uh, you went up with your friends, didn't you, John? And um, I drove me and my family up, Ollie, like I said on the podcast last yeah. week. And to, to take my wife to her first game in eight years, I probably would have picked <laughs> slightly different circumstances, to be perfectly honest with you, because I'll come to it later on, but my children didn't even make half time they they were frozen and they they were like on the verge of tears it was too cold for kids to be there i saw yeah. loads of kids crying it was I, terrible how, how did anna cope because she didn't seem keen an hour before the game so i can't imagine it got any better i think my wife was pretty happy to have had an excuse to leave before half time and they went and sat in a costa uh, there's like a little retail park next door so yeah but it, 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 I, I think you said that the pitch looked quite green when we started the game but in all honesty we got there about one o'clock and it was like blizzards from that point onwards really mm. it wasn't sticking because it was quite warm ollie but as soon as it got sort of past three o'clock um, the sort of temperature went down and every storm yeah. that sort of came through then snow shower just stuck on the pitch then but it was horrendous all the way up to be honest as cold as it was yeah. it was quite
quite humorous because as soon as I got into the ground, we went right to the back of the stand that was covered and we were still being hit by snow. Yeah, it was windy as well. Really mm. windy. Wind oh. was being blown around the entire way in, isn't it? It wasn't great. And you say and you say you were crying and people were crying. You know when you're incredibly hungover, but then you have a beer? <laughs> yeah. That is how I felt just as the game was kicking oh, there you off. Go. So I was following on Twitter. So yeah, I was joining those other Salad fans that were crying. I was, you could feel our yeah, pain. Drink. It, got, it got so bad in the second half that my fingers were so cold having taken them out of the gloves, I couldn't tweet anymore. So there were some serious circumstances that That's occurred. serious situations for you to stop. <laughs> I've never seen anybody at half time go down to the food kiosk and start arguing with the bloke behind the kiosk saying that the game should be abandoned. <laughs> yeah, he did. I saw that bloke. He was going mad, wasn't he? There was a guy that was going mad at half time saying it should be off. I think it's, we'll get to it a bit later on because we're going to game, but I think it's because yeah. Godfrey had got injured. And I think well, I was worried it was going to be off as when we were later on in the game. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll come to that anyway. So, but yeah, go on. Start us off. Uh, you've watched the highlights, haven't you, Wally? Yeah, I've watched the extended highlights. And um, yeah, it's probably worth starting with um, the penalty that was given away. Well, sorry, the penalty, the free kick that was given away. Yeah. So Henderson was miles out of position, came storming out, and then Tony and Toto co- uh, collide. Mm. Um, I've got my view, but obviously you guys are watching it in real time. What did you think of it at the time? I should just capture all of this by saying there were many times during the game we couldn't really see what was going on down the, <laughs> of the pitch. So it was, we've got some of these moments where it might be a bit difficult to give a view on. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, it wasn't on the highlights I've watched back this, so you've probably got a better view of it than I have in yeah, all honesty. It, it wasn't a foul. So mm, basically okay. what happened is Toto and, and, um, and um, Tony collide. And Tony just goes flying down. He was definitely outside the box, that's for sure. And then the free kick was taken and... I was obviously following the whole game on Twitter, um, and then Lewis Crox described the movement of the ball, and it was weird, wasn't it? What it was guys weird. Think? Just before we get to the goal, though, it, it should just mention Henderson was a bit ropey in the first five minutes, wasn't he? All in all, he, he made a couple of sort of coming out, not deciding what to do, and the wind obviously didn't help. He kind of has rushes of blood to the head and just goes with it, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but I suppose as a keeper, you have to do that. You can't just you can't going to no. second guess what you're going to do. But yeah. And I thought he was going to be one of those games where he'd gone back a little bit, and obviously we'll come to the rest of the game where he was fantastic and and completely redeemed himself for that first place. But the goal was weird, as you say. It was win. an easy game for the keeper to have been bad and have yeah. that as a complete excuse that yeah. the weather was awful. But yeah. so he did well to play as well as he did, I suppose. And, and the goal kicks from both keepers, Ollie, were awful. They most yeah. of them went out of play. To be honest yeah. with you, the wind was so bad but yeah so say, talking the wind the goal it, Henderson just thought it was going over the bar didn't he and so did every single fan in yeah. the away end they and all jeered and then had to <laughs> shut up again as they saw the ball yeah. kind of fall in the back of the net it was I know you get a bit of a weird perspective from the when you're behind the goal and it's the far end but as soon as he kicked it you thought right that's over the bar that was hilariously bad <laughs> The next thing, it's in the net. It was bizarre. It was strange, Ollie, yeah. So, yeah, watching it on the highlights, the ball goes super, super high. Like, almost, you know, like a rugby conversion kind Mm. of height. And then it dips down, and it just comes down so fast. It's Yeah, it's really, really odd. And obviously, watching it, watching it, you can't really watch Twitter. You can read Twitter. Um, And Lewis Cox, yeah, described it quite well, actually, that the ball went up and came back down again. Um, and that was quite disappointing. And how did the how did the fans and the players react to that point? I was a bit miffed. <laughs> it wasn't a great start, all in all. You know, with the with the run up to the goal, they'd been on top. And yeah, it was, yeah. It wasn't against the runner player or anything. But no. then you don't expect to concede a goal like, like that, that, really, do you? Yeah. The wind. No. Well, funnily enough, Ollie, should just say the, for the context of this game, the wind wasn't like one way, one end to the other. It was pretty much directly across the pitch. Mm. So it dipped because he was kind of hitting it left to right into the wind. So obviously was was into the wind in that respect. So I can kind of see why it dipped. And, and maybe you know, there's an argument for for Henderson to have thought more about the wind and the conditions. But all in all, I, I'd let him off for it. To be honest with you, it's one of them. Yeah, things. it's freak, isn't it? It's yeah. a freak. So yeah. So and then Scunny seemed to have quite a few chances, didn't they, in the first half? They hit the crossbar and they battered us. To be honest. Yeah, they I, us first off. I remember him hitting the crossbar. I remember the one-on-one that 
obviously Henderson, Henderson saves. Yeah. I don't remember him creating too much more than that, but they were definitely at half-time. They deserved to be ahead, I think. Oh, yeah. and obviously the penalty, that's a decent chance. Yeah, we'll chance come to that in a minute as well, yeah. But mm. yeah, they had all the possession as well, really. We were struggling to, to break and, and put any kind of cohesive moves together in that first 20-minute period. And um, yeah, it was interesting. Obviously, it was snowing, as we said before, and it started to just get worse and worse and worse as the half went on. Um, it's really funny on the highlights because it's like green pitch, green pitch, yeah. green pitch. Then all of a sudden, it's just white. Um, but at this point, obviously, we'd had, um, had to make a sub, haven't we? Yeah, so but that was really where the game changed a little bit for us. We, we were a bit better in the second half after Godfrey got injured. I think he, they talked about him doing his calf muscle or something like that. I didn't yeah. even realise he was injured to start with. I thought it was purely a tactical substitution, yeah, which I think, I think it could have been made anyway. It could have been an argument for that, actually, the way we were playing. And it turned out to be a complete benefit, because I thought Payne was really good when he came on, John. He was, yeah. Um, I haven't seen him. 4-4-2, I take it. Yes, we did, yeah. yeah. I've, I haven't seen Payne and Morris play together. I don't. Think, I, I can't recall them playing together much anyway. Only a couple of times really at the start of the season when we were playing four four two a bit more, weren't we? But but yeah, we started the game trying to pass the ball a little bit. It wasn't really working. It was you know Nolan wasn't really playing as well as he can do no. with, uh, when he's got the ball. So I thought it'd be handy to just when the wind's like that to just try and go long a bit more. The centre halves are going to make errors all day, yeah. and the conditions were a bit like that. So it, I thought the 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 way they went formation wise, I think it really helped us. It did, and I would say one thing, Ollie. Again, you've probably not seen this from from much of the extent highlights is that Shrewsbury the whole game, despite the conditions and the wind, we stuck to our guns and tried to play football the whole time. It really didn't work in the first half, and, and until we really got used to playing four four two. But we weren't really relying on knocking it long into to Carl Morris unless it was necessary. We we tried to keep playing football, and I think as you can see in the second half, we, we were really good. I thought in terms of the game that we played, but yeah. it, at least. Hurst stuck to his guns really and didn't change our game plan just because the weather and the, and the snow and all that sort of thing. So that's no, it just shows the players that, and the, the management have faith in our in our ability. Yeah. So yeah, as as, as um, John said, um, there was a great that one on one with Dino saved was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. Brilliant defensive um, cover from Dean. Um, and then there was the um, unfortunately we gave away a pen, didn't we? And interestingly, I didn't think it was a corner at the time. Watching the sorry on the highlights, all the yeah. shooter players didn't think it was a corner. Obviously, it was the far end, so I bet you couldn't even see anything at this point. No, anything no. five minutes before half time, we couldn't see. And, and we should really no. say that there was a legitimate thought if that had kept going for another twenty five minutes at that intensity, the game probably wouldn't have restarted in the second half. The pitch was wrecked just for half time. I didn't know whether it would be abandoned as such or whether they would just maybe give it fifteen twenty minutes to see because it was really kind of on and off, wasn't it? The yeah. weather, yeah. it was. That's why I think it helped us a bit, you know, second half because of the weather. Was it, wasn't and it was as cold at this intense. point, I take it. It, was, it didn't stop being cold, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it probably got colder, to be honest with you. It was the sort of east winds bit, bit, bit further, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, so Dino did fantastic. And, and from from the moment where that goal went in, really, you couldn't really complain about it. Just the first goal we just talked about. From that point onwards, you couldn't really complain about Henderson. A couple of kicks went out with the wind, but everything else he had to do, he came and claimed his corners as much as he needed to. He, he was solid all the way through after that. Cool. And then the penalty save. Yeah, obviously, that was the, the highlight, really, of his, of his first half. And... Um, yeah, I mean, what what about the penalty? I, I've only seen the, uh, the replay back because I say we couldn't see how it was given away, but it it was a bit. I think it was Toto on one of their players. Was it Tony? I... Yeah, I, I don't know. I've got a mixed message because I saw. Um, yeah, on the I'm sure um, on the day it was um, gone down as like Toto, but then I did read something. It was Morris. So I'm not really sure. It's hard because yeah. the video camera obviously is what the camera is watching the, the corner taker. It's hard to see what's going on in the highlights. With I the just show. saw their player kind of go down. I presumed it was some kind of push, but those are the kind of things that you don't see given mm. that often with a lot of no. kind of but usually, this didn't complain too much though so no I, I suppose that's fair enough maybe it will make you say it, oh, it was impossible to see anything at that point in time and the, the most interesting thing about it was obviously I know it was Tony got, that, that got fouled um, and there's been a lot of things from the Scunthorpe fans saying he, you know he wanted to take it and he was getting up in the sort of player who took its face eventually you do wonder whether that unsettled their player because Tony's got a particularly bad reputation with Scunthorpe fans all of a sudden from what I've read today yeah. 
Well, it doesn't surprise you there, does it? <laughs> Tony did pick up the ball and didn't seem keen to give it back. <laughs> We've had that though, haven't we, in recent years? Yeah. So yeah, it's not great to see, is it? And, and maybe that helped us, but yeah, it sounds like it did because it was a pathetic penalty just to the um, just to Henderson's right, right in the middle, uh, wasn't it? Was quite yeah. an easy one, yeah, easy one to save. And we saved. We've had a lot of saves. Obviously, um, um, McGillivray saved one at Portsmouth, and yeah, we've been doing quite well at um, yeah saving and not conceding from the from the spot. It was good. It's good, and that was it really in the first half. I'd say it was it was snowing really heavily. You know, you were starting to think about oh, we're one nil down here. Let's start. And there was a, there was sort of chance from the town fans call it off, yeah. call it off, call it off. Um, but in all honesty. To be one nil down at half time was a bit of a let off. They they should have been maybe two or three up. They missed a lot of good chances like we just talked about. And yeah, at half time I was quite happy to only be one nil down, John. I was happy it was half time, I went and had a bovril. <laughs> oh, at that go. point, I was honestly that cold. I couldn't have cared less we're four nil down. I just wanted to be a bit warmer. Um I assumed at that first half that was the game kind of finished and if them conditions carried on, I think well, I don't think we'd have played away. Did you think it. the game was going to be called off at this point? Then no, no. I was still, I was still thought if we're one 0 down and we're away at Scunthorpe, they'll clean all the lines and make sure the pitch is okay at half time. I was, yeah. you know, even though it was bad, it would have took, as I say, twenty five minutes, you know, ten minutes into the second half of it being as bad as it was just at the start of the second half. But in all honesty, once that last shower sort of blew through, maybe about five minutes before the end of half time, didn't really snow too bad again until right at the end of the game. I don't know what grounds they would have called it off on though because can you do it just because of what visibility or I don't know player what? safety I suppose yeah yeah I don't know and who knows about Godfrey's injury we didn't we sort of just briefly talked about it in the first half but obviously I say Godfrey pulled a muscle and you, you know you wonder whether the, the slipping and sliding has caused an incident there and yeah hopefully he gets back as soon as possible and, and one thing we didn't mention in the first half there was we talked about us going 4-4-2 but to, to me Ollie that was a really brave call by by um, by the, the manager because we could have just stuck Bryn Morris on, really, and played exactly the same as we were. And, yep. and so, yeah, credit to Hurst for for going and, and being brave in that situation. With with Bryn Morris, I suppose he likes to get the ball and play these quite nice Hollywood style passes. <laughs> whereas yesterday, that wouldn't have worked so well. No. A lot of them would have ended because I've seen the it windy sometimes where the ball hangs up a bit. I've never seen it where the ball starts coming back the other way. Oh god! Right. Yeah. So I don't think Bryn Morris would have done too well there. But yeah, I think going four four two as they did would have been would have been useful. Yeah, the wind must have been 45, 40, 50 miles an hour, Ollie. It was really that strong. Yeah, it's, it's just talking about um, that. The Paul Hurst obviously talks about that in his post match, yeah, okay. um, and yeah, he talks about obviously going um, basically that yeah, having two strikers at front was obviously was you know a bit of a no brainer almost. Mm, That's the impression so, yeah. I got from his statement. Was, yeah, no brainer and get the ball forward and yeah, try and take advantage of obviously the the, the conditions and play to them a bit and have the two two men at top. Um, but it didn't take too long, did it? The, the second half started. Um, and did we start well obviously we did get a goal after 51 minutes but yeah did we start well we did I thought we came out of the traps brilliantly to be honest with you and whether it was a rocket or just a, a well, sort of refocus have you not heard then obviously you're no. out you're, apparently um, I saw on Twitter um, Lewis Cox again um, he said that apparently Doigie went mental <laughs> Nolan Nolan said it in his interview that um, Doigie went mad and it's funny oh, actually I don't know if you've I've put it on the um, Salatcast Twitter account the XG so the XG in the first half, our line goes up about like I don't know a, 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 a millimeter. Yeah. And Scunthorpe says up his way up, so there's nothing. And then the second half, then also our XG flies up. But yeah, apparently Doiki went mental at half time. Oh, well, we'll have to Which give that explain a bit more the second half performance then, because it was a complete game of two halves. For as, bat- as much as we were batting in the first half, I thought we were comfortably 
beat smash them in the second half you know when could easily have won by more in the end I think it was completely down to the conditions though I think you can go as mental as you want at half time <laughs> but when you're playing in the first half where you can't see five feet in front of you yeah. how, how are they meant to pass the ball around I think the second half it calmed down quite considerably I think if the conditions were the same in the first half as they were the second and we still tried to pass the ball around and play football we'd have convincingly lost because I don't think we'd been able to do it it was because the conditions calmed down we were able to do that. If it would have still been horrible, I think we'd have had to start going long ball because mm. that would have been the only way yeah, to get anything. That's quite a good shout, to be fair. So I was coming back um, on the train and um, with Phil, who's sitting next to me at Shrewsbury uh, on home games, um, and he said he asked a question. He had a question for you guys. So he said, uh, "What changed between the first and second half? So, like, what did change there? What was the, the difference well, for you guys?" Say, just like John said, there, the, the conditions really helped. And as I say, we we tried to. I say I said before, we've tried to play football the whole game. But we just couldn't do our, our football in those conditions in the first half as much as we could in the second. It was still snow on the pitch, wasn't there, John? But it yeah. was much. The wind maybe dropped a little bit, and it wasn't blizzard-like conditions, you know. And occasionally, a bit of snow would blow off the roof because there was tons of snow on there. But that was probably one of the big things to me. And I just think that you know, as you said, they maybe had a rocket, and they they knew how important this game was. Maybe a combination of those factors for me really really helped it. But. Um, you know, people like Nolan got into the game in the second half and he was unplayable at times. But the first about... half was so bad, he would have looked up and he wouldn't be able to pick a pass because yeah, yeah. the snow would have been that bad yeah. a lot of the time. True enough. Cool. So um, do you think the missing the penalty had a big bit of an impact on Scotty? And obviously if Tony yeah. was causing trouble in amongst the ranks as well. <sighs> I should just talk about Tony's overall performance. He, he looks so rattled by the whole thing. He, his, his shooting was way off. He had a free kick in the second Do you think the Shrewsbury fans are in, think the Shrewsbury players are in his ear all the time? I think the Shrewsbury fans are in his head. I, I do. Tony's do the only player I can remember that's done more for our club since he's <laughs> left than he did when he was here. He really, he really seemed unsettled by playing us, mate. And and you know, it, it was the first half actually had a free kick where it sort of he lined it up right in front of the town fans, didn't he? You know, it was the second half, and he like was going to shoot from like thirty five yards, thinking, oh, I might catch it in the wind, and he just pummeled it to the right of the goal into the town fans, and he just he just looked sort of completely you know, distracted by the whole thing and then he got subbed off and got a huge amount of abuse from the town fans. I think he's a person that is easy to kind of rile because I know when he was here he had a go, he had a pop at people on Twitter, didn't he? I don't think he takes criticism Mm. awfully well. I think he thinks he's better, he should be playing at a better standard than he is. And he's out on loan, isn't he, from Newcastle at the moment and he tweeted something along the lines of, oh, it was nice of Newcastle United to wish me a happy birthday this week. You know, like (laughs) Yaya Torre did. Mate, you're not Yaya Torre, you're playing League One football, Jesus Christ. That's pathetic. (laughs) It is awful, Played 200 games professional football and you're, yeah, you know, you've, oh, well, that's pathetic. Just <laughs> sums, joking, up, sums the man up, doesn't it? Uh, so it was brilliant watching him all in all, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing against a player like that. It's brilliant. Yeah, there we so, go. So obviously, um, second half, um, and you're probably going to be contribute a bit more now because yes. it was in front of you guys. Uh, oh, no, the, all our goals were down the other end, mate. Oh, right, sorry. So, oh, yeah, of course you were because we were defending the other way. Yeah, there was nothing really happened up our end in the second half either, but you could just <laughs> almost see the other end of the pitch at this point in time. Uh, you could see good. at least. Okay, yeah. so that's a good start then. I could tell the goal was good from the other end of the pitch, the, the first goal, the Nolan Morris little, little bit of move in the finish my Nolan. Morris was immense. Oh, Absolute could... skill. So, for those who weren't there, should we describe what happened then? So, there was basically a lot of build at play left, right, left, right, yep. balls coming across. Nolan gets the ball, does a 1 2 with Morris, and Morris does a, I'd call it as, you know, he's cool as, you know, as a super. Super skill for Morris, mm. like flicks it back to to Nolan, and Nolan is cool as a cucumber and just slots it home. Finish, wasn't it? Yeah, I watched it back, and it's just it is as you say a nice, calm little finish that you're sort of getting getting good at now, isn't it? But uh, you say Morris is built up in that play. You know, it's another game where he hasn't scored, but he was fantastic, wasn't he, John? He has played well in the majority of games I've seen, and he still he still doesn't get credit because he is a striker that's not scoring goals. So people are not that 
keen to heap as much praise on him as he deserves, I think. Mm, I think that's, uh, we've said that before, haven't we, Ollie? He is playing yeah. really well at the moment. Yeah, he is. And I think that's one of the things, isn't it? You know, people expect strikers to score lots and lots of goals. Yeah. Yeah. But in our way, our, football, our way that we play... And the and what a man what Hurst wants from his target man, which is essentially what he is, and he's a link play. Um, yeah, he does a fantastic job, and yeah, so he's he was good as normal then. Yeah, no, I, yeah, as you said, he was he was brilliant. I thought, and we'll come come to our top threes because I think he features. But um, yeah, there we go. So that was the first goal. And I said from from getting back into the game, I thought you know if it needed any more, Scunthorpe's heads dropped even further because we were talking about the stats at the start, but they've got a terrible home record at the moment. They've they've been really poor at home since about yeah. December, I think. So. It was one of those ones where I think like we played Fleetwood away a few weeks back and I was talking about that game. Once we got into the game or we got a goal, Fleetwood's heads went down and knew we were going to win the game. I personally felt like that against Gunthorpe. When we went 1-1, I thought we'll win this. I felt really, really comfortable, but I also f- I felt as comfortable as I felt when we went 2-0 up against Doncaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of them games where you think, I can't see us not not getting anything from this game now. I think it's looking very, very comfortable, but then you know how things Football can in it. Yeah. change again, I suppose. And there was still the win factor as well that was occasionally sort of throwing quite a random sort of element into the game at times. So, um, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, there was there was a few more moments in the second half. There was a great save Henderson made where he picked a, a, yeah. a free kick out of the top corner, a sprawling, sprawling save, which was fantastic. I think it was probably going over. <laughs> I think it, was, it may have grazed I thought I best. thought on the highlights it looked like it was going It was going to be close, at least. But yeah. I think after the first goal, it, I don't think he was going to take any chances, really. Mm. I, no. <laughs> yeah. It looked good save, anyway, to be fair. And it, that was right in front of us. Um, but as I say, we had all the ball from that point onwards. We were knocking it around quite comfortably. I say Abs and Nolan and... Uh, we sort of dominating the midfield even without a Godfrey in there I thought we completely controlled the midfield we maybe didn't get the wingers in the game as much as we have done in recent games I think they were probably the ones that struggled to have as much of an influence as they have done recently but with Carlton up front and Payne working with him it, it kind of negated that in terms of the attacking sort of positions so that was good and the defence yeah question for you guys um, this, when I was watching the highlights but there seems to be a lot of fouls against Shrewsbury well the first 20 minutes 25 minutes I thought there was a lot going against us um but then after that, I think you are almost more critical of the ref when you're in a losing position as opposed to <laughs> when you're kind of dominating the game a little bit. But yeah, it did seem definitely from the reaction of a lot of the Shrewsbury fans that we had a lot against us. There can't, there wasn't too many where I thought the refs got that completely wrong. There was a fair few times that I thought it was a clear foul and people were still kind of moaning at him. But mm, yeah. um, all in all, considering what it was like, I don't think the ref had a terrible game no he got booed off half time because obviously given a penalty against us and he, I think it was like 25 minutes as John just said there before we got a free kick it was some mad long period before we got any game, anything from him in the game but yeah. you know he gets a penalty later on so which was which is as we'll come to was slightly dodgy I, I don't know well oh uh, interesting yeah so so it was um, we scored the second goal in 59 minutes so it wasn't long it was 8 minutes after we scored the first goal yep. um, so yeah what was your live live at the game what was your view of the of the, um, the, the pen it was down the other end and it looked like Nolan was going to shoot and then he dragged it onto his other foot and it just looked like he'd been clipped and it was a penalty from where we were obviously seeing yeah. it on the replay looks a little bit more dubious I think on the on the replay it looks like he's tried to sell it a bit more than mm, obviously yeah. you see originally but yeah at the end of the day the lad's got his leg out Nolan goes over it I don't think you can Scunthorpe fans aren't happy that it was no. given as a penalty but I I think if that's given against us you can't moan for too long I think it is quite clearly a foul yeah, whether Nolan. or not he's gone over a little bit too easy he's still gone over his lad still clipped his leg yeah Nolan, and Nolan's sure there was contact he's been saying on Twitter hasn't he so you know we've had players do that against us loads this season diving around and on minimal contact and we also have Wally do it for us every week as well mm. so we can't really complain for me it was a pen yeah. it was very very lazy um, by Tony so basically he just had his left he had his leg dragged out Nolan turned then his leg was in the way and Nolan went into it so yeah a little bit about yeah. being clever but 
was he clipped? Yes. Was 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 it lazy and poor defending from Scunthorpe? Mm. Yes. It was a penalty. So yeah, not one that you want to kind of give away yourself, and it is a bit frustrating. But it's clearly a pen. Yeah, he got he chopped him, didn't he? That was the thing. Yeah. That's what Nolan described it as. He, he did a sort of chop turn, and, and Tony just didn't go with it and left enough out there. I think for, it was Tony. Point. I think it was. Thing Tony. is, if it was Harry Kane doing that, everyone would be like, or, or Deli Ali, <laughs> everyone would be like, oh, he's a diver, he's a diver. But it was actually the first time in four months Tony's come back to defend as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he might as well not bother anymore. But yeah, there we go. And then it was a bit of a debate. You'd take the penalty. I, I listened. Was to it? Oh, okay. Well, no, I listened. I'd say there was a bit of a debate. You would have wondered whether Nolan want to take it after you know he won that one a few weeks ago and, and missed it at Charlton, didn't he? But um, it was funny. I was listening to his interview on Radio Shropshire on the way home, and he was like, "Yeah, basically, there was no chance anyone was letting me take that penalty." And it was good to have Payne on the pitch. He is our penalty taker, and I think he's got a fairly good record this season, hasn't he? So yeah, good penalty. Smashed it in. No chance of saving that. So uh, yes, yeah, so a very very good penalty. What was the scenes like on the um, in the terraces? at that point it was good about 100 people ran down the front and then realised how cold it was and ran back to their seats quite quickly (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah it was good I've been standing right to the left actually and it was only the last sort of 10 minutes where I walked more into the middle but um, yeah it was good everyone was absolutely buzzing from it to be fair it was it was a very well deserved lead by that point even though we'd only played 10 minutes in the second half we'd been completely on top and then, and then it sounds like we kind of yeah run, run kind of run the game out and Goga hit the crossbar like oh. he, he really is a, 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 he's trying to be a bit of a goal machine at the moment I don't know what's happening what's going on Strange, yeah. He's suddenly decided he's going to shoot every week now, or shoot at least slightly more accurately than he normally does. It, I mean, we had quite a few chances and half chances, but that was probably the best one then in the remaining part of the game. He sort of came onto it, sort of on the half volley, I think it was, and just crashed off the bar. It was a bit unfortunate. And then from that point onwards, Ollie, I don't think we really had anything else to worry about. I think we, we played really well in that period, passed it round. You know, didn't really, the def- we haven't really talked about the defence, but any time they did come forward, Toto and Sadler and, and well, those two particularly I thought were outstanding in terms of, of a centre-back pair and they just sort of headed every single thing away. Yeah, I don't think there was any time we were ever worried or, you know, um, Scunthorpe posed any kind of threat. I think they had one shot in the second half that went narrowly wide of the post at Henderson. I think he looked relieved when bit, he yeah, uh, decided to not go for it. But <laughs> apart from that, Scunthorpe really offered nothing second half, but then with a 2-1 Leeds, you... All they need is one long ball over the top, a bit of a mix-up, mm. and that's it, really. So and they, they made a lot of change. They made their changes when I think it didn't really help them. Like our sub helped us. They they sort of changed a few things around, but it didn't really bring any desired desired effects. If anything, it maybe unbalanced them a little bit or, or unsettled them. So yeah, it was good for us. And and sort of that was with about ten minutes to go, and then obviously went into our little final last ten minute period, and we start to get towards the end and. Um, uh, Big John came on then the shop up up front and I thought classic we did well. substitution. Yeah. I turned to Bean Filler in the t- Bean Phil were in the and obviously as we said we didn't move during the whole game and I, I said to Phil I said who have we brought on Phil we just brought a sub on and he said the shot. Yep. <laughs> and, and he, and he, he did right. he did his normal thing he got it down in the corner and we should say then for, for five minutes towards the end I walked down to the front end and it really started snowing again like the worst of the whole game and there was like at least 100, 150 town fans all out their seats just down at the front then praying for that last five minutes to go and to get towards the end and, and to be fair they had it down in the corner you couldn't really see what was going on no. it was down there for about two or three minutes this I couldn't season, see what was happening but... I'm really impressed by the way they do kind of see out games because usually when we're you know 16th, 17th in the table and you've, you're one goal up you almost expect the other team to have at least a few decent chances. Yeah. You expect to see, but this season you're not as nervous going into that last five ten minutes. No. I don't no. think as I usually am. Yeah, it's funny. Phil mentioned that on the train back today as well. You know, under um, he who should not be named. You know, we used to give away leads and points like, like all the time in the last yeah. end of the game. And but one thing was funny because it was hard for us. Obviously, not being there, we thought that the you know there was a risk that the game was still going to be called off. So there was no risk was there at this point. No, with ten minutes to go, it wasn't going to get called off. But it was really bad. Like and um, yeah, I was just standing on the front. I was covered in snow. It, like it, within about a minute, you were covered and. 
was looking around and people were just shivering, but like chanting and shouting and hands in the air and stuff. But it was, uh, it, it was strange. Actually. I mean, that was it. Then we killed the game off. Final also went. Everyone went mad. Um, and Dino then did a nice sort of sliding celebration in front of all the away fans, which was good. And it was, I, I should really talk about the whole thing really, because I've not been to many games like that, right? And and we've been, to, we've had some amazing away performances this season. I've been lucky to be out Doncaster, Bristol Rovers, Charlton a few weeks ago. Um, I can't remember the one out Rotherham when we scored late on and Payne scored that winner. All, Mr. Rovers. all in my top sort of 20 away experiences and they've all been this season and this was another one because you put your body on the line frankly for this as a fan you were freezing to death you watched a team battle back from an almost impossible situation you you know had a struggle getting there and particularly getting back where the weather was really bad and it was like a real and there was only 400 town fans there as well which kind of makes it a little bit more special as well and for me it was you know almost as good as if not just as good as the Charlton away performance where we took a thousand odd the other week it was as a fan it was such a random experience I, I can't think of a game I've been to like that I don't know about you John I think it's this season's a bit weird that we can go to were they fifth or sixth in the table fifth, when the game started? Yeah. How you can turn up to a fifth in the table team and expect to win as a Shrewsbury Town yeah, fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, I've, there was one season I think we won two away games because I remember I went to one it was like late and I went away went absolutely mental. We knew we were going to get relegated, but we won an away game. <laughs> we went crazy, but now you're turning up at Scunthorpe, beating them, and yeah, it is it is good, but it's almost expected. I think a lot of the yeah. time now. Yeah. It's funny you say that because um, I saw um, a Shrewsbury fan put a bet on that we were going to win when we were losing, and oh, I right. did that. Um, I did that one of the. I can't remember yeah, who we were did. playing. Fleetwood. I did that in the Fleetwood game. I put a bet on when we were, when when you know during the game, and yeah, it came true again. So. So there we go, and then so from there, I tried to go out the back of the stadium after we'd done our celebration, took some good videos, and I realised at that point my feet didn't work anymore. So I, <laughs> I sort of and you and you were worried about your family, I'm sure at this point as well. Oh, mate, I, I felt safe. really ill later that night. I'm pretty sure I got some sort of sickness from how cold I was. But um, yeah, got back to the car, and then I I was driving to Manchester, well near Manchester, because we we went to Liverpool today to see the Terracotta Warriors. Anyway, yep. There you go. That's my exciting cultural thing for the day. But going going out of Scunthorpe on the M180, that road was pretty much close to needing to be shut there was only one lane open really when we were going along it by the time I got out of the ground after about an hour it wasn't too bad all uh, the lanes were open no, that's fine but yeah. I would have much rather travelled on a one lane carriageway <laughs> and got home an hour earlier than... I'd really planned where I was parking as well we were one of the first people in the car park there and I tried to get a space right by the exit <laughs> And it turned out when we got to the car, the exit was the other end. Uh, you have um, to park in the pub, car park. That's the place to be. I should do next That's year. That's my yeah. advice for any town fans at Scunthorpe. We won't be playing them next year anyway, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, park in the park in the Hungry Horse car park because you get out really quickly there. And it's only three quid. There you go. You know, you got to know these things. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bit of administration. So uh, back to the game then. So a question for you guys. How important was the miss of the pen in the first half? Yeah, well, as we've just briefly talked about, it was huge, wasn't it? I think it just gave us the confidence to... I think being 2-0 down at half-time, as, as resilient as we are, might have been a step too far, John. I think our heads would have gone in a sense that we think the game's not winnable anymore. Mm. Um, Scunthorpe, I think, would have then sat back a lot more and they could have probably seen a game out from that point. Yeah, but yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest change was coming out second half, knowing that we can play football again. Yeah. Really? And one goal got us back in it, whereas two goals it would have been... I know we have come back from things like that this season and got a draw, but I think we needed the win and they knew the win was still there, Ollie. And I think it it did play a big psychological part of how we were doing, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, It was a, an interesting end to the game. So yeah, the videos and stuff were funny. And yeah, I think the media team was struggling, weren't they, in the conditions? Yeah, poor old Lewis Cox. I think he broke his laptop because there was so much, <laughs> so, much, so much snow on it. I think he just about got his story out and then it kind of died from all the snow. And as John said at the start, it didn't matter where you sat in the stadium, you were getting snowed on. It was blowing in everywhere. So um, poor old Lewis. Someone Lewis, to get me out every week he says, oh, it's cold, so I've been this week. Cold, it's been this week. 
street. He just needs to man up. It doesn't keep getting progressively colder. Yeah, yesterday was a bit nippy, but... Oh, I was the worst this season. Yeah. It definitely was, to be fair. I'll let, I'll let Lewis off this week. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because, you know, this time of the year, you're normally back to hoodies, hoodies and hoodies and, you know, hoodies and jeans and stuff. But this season feels like every game you've been full hat, scarf, gloves. Yeah, I'm sure I've been to games at this time of the year in the shorts at some point in previous seasons. But Yeah, well, that's what the grounds were saying, wouldn't it? But, yeah, just on Lewis's Cox laptop, do you think he was just, you know, he just wants a new laptop? Probably, yeah. You know, that's a good excuse for the shop starter. He wants a MacBook or something, doesn't he, so he can play, play computer games at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> get his football manager on during the exactly games. yeah <laughs> there we go we'll run through our top three now Ollie if you want go ahead so yeah who did you go for oh, I'll go first I, I went for Nolan I think as I've just talked about during that review he, he was he was decent enough in the first half but second half he was outstanding involved in everything that we did well and just again we've talked about this so many times in the season but just dictated the game completely got hold of it um, was was by far the man of the match got voted man of the match didn't he by Radio Shropshire and, and various other people and yeah a very deserving one I went for Henderson second purely because of the amount of saves that he made and how key they were in the game the penalty save also those saves in the first half and, and a couple of other ones which we talked about and as we talked about as well I talked about Carlton Morris and how well he played I went for him for number three okay uh, yeah well Nolan obviously it's hard to look much further than him really even though first half wasn't bad but he just he couldn't get the ball he couldn't yeah. play how he wanted to play it but yeah second half he really was pretty immense Rodman I think he was the only kind of player first half that was trying to get the ball down he was trying to run at defenders there was a few runs he had that's true yeah I thought first half if we were going to Scored all. It was gonna be through him. It's interesting um, you say that because I didn't. I didn't even know. I didn't check the team before I watched the highlights, and I didn't notice him at all in the highlights. But obviously, he did a lot of good work. It, John's actually right. The more I think about it, he was probably one of the better players in the first half. Okay. I think he was made to look better because Sean Wally had such a terrible game. <laughs> he wasn't good. He gave the wall. Um, but yeah, I think right, just watching that first half, I think that was the only way we were going to try and get these get a goal in that game I think through Rodman mm. I think second half he was eclipsed by how many other players raised their game yeah. in that second half but yeah I think Rod- Rodman did do well and I don't think people are going to recognise that he did have a decent game so yeah. Um, and then yeah Carlton Morris as usual I think uh, held the ball up really well which in those conditions was very very difficult and you see a big ball coming over the top to try and judge it as we see Henderson struggled a little <laughs> bit so for him to be able to win as many headers and hold up the ball as well as he does on a usual game you'd have played well but I think in the condition yesterday you have to give him a bit yeah. more credit I should just say Henderson made one of those brilliant claims from a corner as well that he was doing when he was at his peak yeah. right in one of the more difficult bits of the game which was fantastic Ollie. so anyway there we go there we go do you want to sort through Paul Hurst's comments and then we'll move on to stand-up news yeah so he was as you would expect quite pleased um, with the result <laughs> and I think it's just worth us taking a step back before we go into too much detail it was an important result, wasn't it? So, obviously, so Blackburn didn't play. Uh, the game was called off against um, Gillingham. Wigan are playing, obviously, in the FA Cup today. It's a real shame that they lost today because um, it's obviously nice to have a few more games in hand. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, huge, wasn't it, in terms of um, the result and what that meant in the context of position in the table? I think all our results at the minute are going to be important as soon as, as long as Blackburn keep winning as well. As soon as they win and we fail to, I think that kind of, what, seven-point gap then is going to psychologically look a bit... Mm. More than it is, even though we will have two games in hand or whatever on them. Well, yeah, but we've that because they didn't play on Saturday. We only got they've only got one game in hand, and we can go top on Tuesday, can't we, Ollie? Now, if we yeah. Northampton. So actually, in some respects, we could if we win on Tuesday, it takes Blackburn out of the equation. You know, we're, we're equal with them. Well, we've got one more point than them, and we've then just got to match them the rest of the season. What yeah. Wigan can do what they want, and but you know, if we end up second, we end up second, don't we? Still, yeah. having said that, Blackburn and Wigan have got good teams, and that would be a challenge just to just to keep on the same level as them, really, yeah. wouldn't it? 
I think Wigan's running looks a lot more difficult as well, but and they have started dropping points. So mm. I think I think Blackburn are going to finish top. I think I think mm, they're okay. going to what they've lost one in seventeen. I think at yeah. the minute. Yeah. Um, so I think if we can keep winning, I think Wigan will slip up a bit more. Even though what if they win their games now and they go what, three top points ahead of us? Yeah. yeah. But I think they're they're the most likely team that we're going to finish ahead of, I think. Yeah, and it's quite funny, isn't it? Because you keep seeing on Twitter, you know, the Wigan fans saying, oh, I hope, um, hope us and Shrewsbury go up, and the Blackburn fans are saying, hope it's, yeah, hope it's us and Shrewsbury. <laughs> <laughs> they they hate each other, don't they? It's, yeah, they've not got a good yeah, record Blackburn and Wigan, have they? But it's also funny, it's also funny seeing all the things that Shrewsbury's won again, and yeah, it's funny, obviously winding them up, because every week they keep thinking, they must have thought this week, especially Wigan fans, after they drew with Scunthorpe, they must have thought they were, they were going to do us, them a favour and get one on over us. It's going to be horrendous this running, because even even on Tuesday night, Wigan played, didn't they? One of their games they had in hand, and they were yeah. drawing right up in sort of ten minutes from the end. And then I started getting interested, then tweeting about it, and then they scored in the very last minute. And it's going to be so many horrendous roller coaster type moments like that. That I'm not I sure put why. a bet on Bradford at sixty-five minutes. I think it was. I got what did I get seven to one. I think oh. on Bradford, even though they're pretty terrible at the minute, <laughs> they're not great. So I was watching on Bet three six five, which I said to Ollie earlier is horrendous because all you get is either an attack, a dangerous attack. You don't know what the what the hell's <laughs> happening. So to watch a game on that is an absolute nightmare and then for uh, them to score him up the 92nd minute or something. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a gutter. But it's just going to keep happening like that, isn't it? Now even on Tuesday, people are going to be yeah. watching our result and they think then Wigan have got a game Wednesday or Thursday, something random like that to catch up one. So... Yeah, it's, it's all hands to the pump now. It is, yeah. So what did the manager say about this one? So he said it feels like a big win. And second half, we had more of a threat and it was an excellent day for us. He said he's pleased for the fans. Um, he did mention as well as they were trying to warm up and also the, the lights went off during the press conference. Brilliant. That was quite funny. Um, so yeah, another good win for us. Good bit of skill from Morris to get the goal. And he said he, he thought it looked to Penn. Great finish from Payne. He said he's worked really, he's worked really yeah, hard in training yeah. the last few weeks and to get his reward. So that was good. He said the conditions influenced the game and obviously we mentioned yeah, we went four four two, and he said, "You know, it was, he almost the way he said. It. Obviously, he's a very modest man, isn't he? He's not going to say I changed the game by by going for an mm. extra striker. Um, so that was interesting." And he said, he also commented on the players, obviously he said that the players saw it as a big victory by their reaction. And, and I know one of the things that we love this season, isn't it, is the connection we have with the players. It's huge this season. And, and then we were in front of the fans, I guess, fantastic again. at the end, to be fair. Toto, I love him. He came over and he was like giving it the big one and he came over and took some photos with the fans. He had snow on his head. It was funny. Yeah. I didn't like him until about November. <laughs> I'm to be honest, I'm still not 100% convinced. <laughs> I, um, but yeah, he's... I can see why everyone does rave about him. I just, when he first came, I thought, oh, you can see him making a foul five minutes before he makes it. But I th- I think having Sadler alongside of us helped him Brilliant, a lot. Yeah. I think he could easily be the player that could become a scapegoat in a struggling team. But mm. I think the way we're playing at the minute, I think with confidence, I think he's... He looks like a rock. Yeah. yeah. But it was good, yeah. They came, yeah a fair play to us as well. There was a real connection there. It was like even Rodman, I saw him coming over at the end. Like everyone came really close to the fans. It was almost like high fives and people were sort of getting them over to take photos and stuff. And it was just like, the. I definitely felt like, and I felt this a lot of times, but I definitely felt like the players really wanted those 400 cold fans to know that they really appreciated the people going to that game and it was hard for fans to get there and there was a real respect there I think no it's, good. it's interesting yeah, to listen to your podcast last week so that was <laughs> weird um, listen to your podcast on the treadmill in Turkey highly rated morning. it was Ollie yeah, was quite people, funny. people said we should do that every week I enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> cheers yeah I got a lot of Aww. abuse on Twitter this week for that but um it's funny and um, yeah sorry you're talking about Rodman and yeah you're talking about Rodman and like, what an intelligent bloke he is I just thought I don't know if you remember the Times interview we did he's actually doing um, he's actually kind of teaching him well, on a course to become a, potentially become a director of football right. in the future that'd be good yeah so when that's you quite listen to him well. get a job here for that will you? <laughs> 
When you he's listen to hope. though, he doesn't sound like an idiot, does he? Where no. like a lot of footballers do. No. Yeah. I think you know he's got something he's about him. <laughs> Talking of idiots, um, do you hear about um, um, Sheffield Radio? Yeah, he had a pop at BBC Radio Radio Sheffield, didn't he, or something like that? Yeah. So basically, they were talking about um, Rotherham, and he's a hearse was driving home. Imagine after training at the end of the week, and they were doing a a show, basically looking at the the rest of the no, fixture right. list and talking about League One and Rotherham, and obviously, and then they didn't mention Shrewsbury once in the in the playoff in the promotion yeah. hunt. Seems like he was knocked off about it, but then he then he said at the end of it he was quite happy. He wants us to keep flying under the radar, yeah, doesn't he? So um, exactly, yeah, I kind of agree with him on that. So yeah. And then the final thing, and we'll come onto this back at the end, but he said about Tuesday night in yeah. changes. He did deflect it, saying, "I'm just trying to warm up, so I'm not really thinking yeah. that far ahead." Um, but obviously, Godfrey's slight in muscle injury um, will, will, yeah, obviously make some thoughts for Tuesday night. But yeah, good three points, and I imagine you guys were happy to get in your car, get yeah. Get as I said, it wasn't the easiest. I, I had to go to Manchester of the M62, and it took forever, just slow over the mountains through the Pennines. But um, there we go. I eventually got in, and then during the night, I must, I say, I must have got ill because I was having fever dreams. My wife tells me I was really sick, so I had to take some cold and flu medicine to calm me down. So I'm feeling a bit better today, which is good. But it was, as I said, all the delays, all the illness, all the frozen fingers, frozen toes. Every single bit of it was worth it on Saturday. It was a fantastic away performance. Cool. Brilliant. And you enjoyed it, John? I enjoyed it a lot more <laughs> that we got the three points. I think if we'd have even drawn that game, I'd have driven home, not angry or depressed, but just unsatisfied. <laughs> it's I a good way of putting it, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was 100% satisfied in yes. the end. And I would go back to Scunthorpe, but just park in the other end of the car park. You've, you've, had, your, you've had your education of where to park now, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. I think we'll wrap that game up, and uh, we'll move on to start news. Good Leslie crossed to the back post. Whited heads it clear. May fall for McIntyre. Lex to get the shot in! And it's Chris Bright who got the header onto it. Okay, so Salop News. Uh, we're running a bit late today in this podcast, so we're going to drop our Wembley chat till next week. I mean, it's just me and you, and you can have a maximum yep. me like you're really waiting to do. Um, but <laughs> we'll move on to talking about a couple of other things that have been in the news this week. So one of the things we left from last week was Shrewsbury the new season ticket prices and all the arrangements for that. And actually, you know, giving the club some credit that... Um, you know, the new pricing and, and how we're trying to encourage the next generation of fans really deserves a bit of credit, doesn't it, Ollie? You yeah, know, it does. Yeah, it does. Have you renewed, have you renewed yet? I, I will have. be renewing, but it's very expensive yep. at the moment. This is the other thing I was going to call, call, talk about is you've got to pay for your season ticket renewal before the deadline if you're going to do it on early bird. You, you know, people are paying for Wembley tickets that are horrendously expensive with booking fees. You've got these away games that we're going to the moment, which aren't cheap. You know, you're looking at 20 quid a match and petrol. It's mm-hmm. difficult, isn't it, to justify paying all of that in one month? It is It is. A, it is tough. There's a lot going yeah. on at the moment, and especially if you're saving for a wedding. But <laughs> I'd managed to find money somewhere and just got rid of it. No, you're, you do all right, Ollie. Um, the, biscuit, the biscuits pay the way for you, don't they? So you're fine. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. But yeah, but back to the good news. The, the under-12s, because one of the things we've talked, we haven't talked about it for a long time is there is a, a change in... There's a, a huge gap in kind of age, isn't there? When you go to the, the home games, there's a, the average age is quite yes. high. So, yeah, and for you, as obviously as a parent, Glyn. It's good. Mine are both under eight anyway, so they've been free to pretty much all the home games and a lot of the away games as well, okay. to be fair. But having that up to under 12s, I think it's the fact that there's now a, a staggered pricing as well. So under 12s are all free now, which I think is fantastic. You know, you're looking at all kids up to most of the way through secondary school then. And then there's a staggered pricing through to sort of the mid-20s now. Because even people are at university, you know, you don't have much, you know, nowadays, you're just accruing more and more debt that you really can't afford to just put more on top of it to go to the football. So I think trying to have a bit more of an innovative approach, and I've seen a, a couple of other football clubs are trying to do the similar sort of thing. I'm glad Shrewsbury are going along with that because at the moment it is difficult for people to be spending money on football all the time. So yeah, anything that encourages you know these next generation of fans to come and come along a bit more, I think it's got to be praised. And I think going into your 20s as well because you know, you're starting your career, 
um, you know, you not you don't unless you're um, yeah. Not many people start on good money at the start mm. of their career, and yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna miss out, and almost you know, if you've carried on being a fan, you know, and you got that, st- and you can still afford it into your twenties, you will like yeah. to carry on. So no, I think full kudos to Brian and the team here. I think this has been a, a, a fantastic, and I think it was well received as well, wasn't it? We did a, a little poll on Facebook, and um, it went really positive. And they, I did get a bit of a, a comment from um, Brian's wife saying, you know, it's all positive. Yeah, exactly. But she was all, all tongue in cheek. But no, I thought, yeah, the poll was like, I don't know, it was, it was, I can't even remember the numbers now, and I won't go and find out. But it was massively in favour, and it, it, yeah. was a, it went down as a huge success. It did, and I believe it. that they consulted with the sports panel on it as well, which is exactly what you should be doing, really, with something like that. But there we go. I'd ask John for his opinion on this, but I don't think you paid to go to I haven't paid for a game for four years at home, so I feel it's. A bit of a Mickey tape for me to come Boom. on and start saying, oh, well, they should do this, that, or the other. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Well, I think the only thing that I think the club could do a lot better is getting as many young fans as possible in for nothing. Because if you've got kids that are begging their parents to go every week mm-hmm. and it's financially okay to do so, then they're probably going to take them. But yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing she's we can do because we've uh, got, I would say, maybe one aged fan base. We have. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Andy Davis mentioned that. Pauly Shrew mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. He said it was a home game on a Tuesday night um, and block one was empty it again. Was. I think it was probably yeah. yourself, Glenn, posting pictures. Dead. And he was saying, well, why isn't that just full of kids? And I think it's a good point. But yeah, this this is supposed to be a positive section. No, no, it is. It is. And there's always work to be done to encourage yeah. that next generation. And it is difficult. There's so exactly. many more. We've said this in the podcast before. There's so many more things for kids and young adults to do now that football is just one of a myriad of things you can entertain yourself with. You know, if you've got a bloody phone, you could probably just spend your entire life looking at that. Most people know. Well, that's, that's a sweeping generalisation, but you know what I mean? It's just even competing against everything is so difficult. So giving parents no yeah. excuse not to take your kids is the place to start because then you think those kids get hooked for life and they make the choice when they're older. You're not going to make that choice when you're older to start coming from nothing, are you? So No, it's, it's, it's less likely, isn't it? Cool. So the, and then you went to the supporters' parliament. Really good. It was, so it was last Tuesday was the next supporters' parliament meeting. It was the first one in 2018, and it was really busy, Ollie. There was about 40, 45 people there, maybe. might have been a bit, bit something about that. Good. Most I've seen for a long time, and... Um, it was interesting the caterers were there and we'll come to that in a minute it was the first time they fronted up to the fans yeah. um but yeah there's some really interesting updates really i thought it was worth mentioning in case people haven't heard it so a lot of them were sort of outstanding problems that people have always sort of been asking about. yeah some of them some of them are, yeah just looking here it's, it's interesting a lot of interesting things i didn't even know was discussed so yeah go ahead go for it first one really was obviously people have been talking about how the stadium looks for a while now it's been 11 years since we've been there and it's never been touched um and there's been we've talked about this in the podcast before there have been legal issues that you know have to be resolved to even about yeah, the paint, about yeah. but Brian was the first one of the first points on the agenda was that he believes that, that that's almost sorted now and it'll it'll almost certainly get painted at some point down the line. So that's a positive, I suppose, that it's going to cool. get one of those long-standing issues sorted. And then moved on to loose seats at the end, which they also said they've almost sorted, which was miraculous. Everyone was like, we're in the Sovereign Club and I think someone was going to go down the back and crack out a bottle of champagne, Ollie. It was that sort of a <laughs> that sort <laughs> of a reaction. So it seems like they're making progress on all these things. And the third one of the things that people have been complaining about was you know, the steps down, well, the sort of muddy bank down from Otley Road and climbing over the fence. And it seems, again, they've almost sorted now that there'll be some sort of steps there as part of the little cut through that there's going to be because of Aldi. So to to have a sports bar meeting where, you know, the sports parliament been working with the club and the club been working with the council, or they've been working with, you know, the legal teams to try and sort these issues out that have been things that Brian's been aware of since he joined, whatever, 18 months ago. I, I was really encouraged by how much progress they made on all these things. No, that's good news. It was good. I, and, you know, we'll, proof will be in the pudding come the summer and see how much of those sorts of things have changed all by the start of next season. But, um, yeah, it's good, in it? Yeah. In regards to the stadium getting painted, how long do you have to have a stadium for before it just becomes <laughs> character that the stadium looks horrible? 
character. If we were there for eighty years, we are a bit rusty. No, it's not rust. It's character. Like if you go to horrible old ground, it's always quite nice. But yeah, with one that's eleven years old, you can't call it character yet, can you? You just have to repaint it. I'd say for another six decades. Yeah, and then you can leave it. It's like the fourth row bridge. You never stop painting it. You're just going <laughs> to yeah, keep, keep just... going around it all the time. I think the problem with it is, is if they don't paint it, then the rust starts to be a problem and it really affects the steel. So that's my assumption as a, as a part-time engineer. But yeah, it'd be nice to get all those things sorted. One of the other things that happened at the meeting that I wasn't overly convinced by was meeting the caterers. Now, to be fair to this guy, we've given him a lot of constructive criticism on the podcast. And not just us, but lots of people have been saying... The catering output of the stadium is just naff now. It's gone to be the worst it has since we've been Not, in the stadium, yeah. right? And, you know, he's take, he's had to take all that on the chin. But to be fair, it's what, March? And it's the first time these new caterers have bothered to meet the sports parliament. Uh, in my view, it's the first time they've bothered to have any interaction with the fans. Um, so the guy started talking from NPM about all the problems. And basically, he was like, well, these are all the excuses I've got. Which was like, oh, we signed the contract late. A lot of this stuff doesn't sell. da 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 Went on and on and on. And, he's, and he wanted to say he was a local company, which is good and stuff like that. But... At the end of the day, when it got to talking about solutions and ways that things could be brought forward, it seemed to me, and this is my personal view, it's not the view of the sports parliament, that there was always a reason why something couldn't be done rather than we'll go away and look at that. And it was all driven by bottom line profit, Ollie. Um, and, I, and my view of it is that the next time we can judge these caterers is in the summer, is in the start of next season. If they haven't made significant changes off the back of the feedback they've got from the sports parliament, it's never going to get better, basically. Did the timing of them coming mm. to this coincide with the contract talks for next summer? I don't know, to be honest with you. I think they've got a long-term contract. That'd be my guess. I doubt they only just got a one-year deal, so I'll assume that it's more than one year. But he, had a, he said basically we can't change anything this season. All the all the pie, all the infrastructure that's in the catering units is what was there when we got it. Fine, I can I can buy a lot of those reasons, to be honest with you. But uh, you know, it, it was it was. But it's nonsense. So it's nonsense. I work for a, you know the biggest biscuit factory in the UK and company in the UK, and we're not going to go. You know, everyone loves to- chocolate digesters. We've got rid of them, mm. um, so we're not going to get them. It just doesn't make any sense. Like you find solutions to things, don't you? And everyone stopped buying, so they must be seeing a decline in sales. Well, he was through. saying that they reckon their sales are up, but you know, that's in that case, to- and he's got no reason to change anything. The only people that should change some is the club and say, well, we're not happy with. Well, the fans aren't happy, so we're going to have to... I don't if, buy anything if anymore. Still, if the person of that company is still making money off the back of this, then mm. why... Yeah, he's, you say it's profit-driven, but yeah, he's just will odd, be. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And the interesting thing we found out was that catering van outside the back of the stadium that's been in the, the fan zone, it's also something that the, the, the MPM catering run. So if you're buying food from there, you're, you're putting money into them as well, which is quite interesting. And the offering at that bloody catering van is 10 times what's available inside the stadium. So I don't know I don't know what he's judging, you know, sales being up on. Maybe it's based on that. But it, it was interesting. And, and I don't want to go on to about it too much. I think that essentially if we can solve some of the issues that were brought up by the Sports Parliament and they're having extra meetings with the chairman and sports parliament feeding back all this feedback you know they really need to step their game up next season and if they're not you know soon into the season then I think it's within rights for us to go big big on them again because they won't have an excuse that time but I'll give you a good example of, of the sort of conversation that went on a man wrote, raised a question to say why did you stop selling soup in October and the guy was like oh it wasn't selling and he said yeah but it's a hot drink surely the m- most appropriate time to sell soup is October to like March and then the guy from NPM catering went oh well fair point we'll put it back on the menu now and the guy was like but it's March now. It's going to be warm again. He's only, like... looking graphs. He's only looking at graphs. The, the soup oh, line was man. going down. It sounds like an Excel sheet. Yeah, Excel sheets. Um, based it was comical. It. it was comical at times. And someone did mention baguettes, which was really pleasing for me. That would, that would work <laughs> well. Was it wasn't me, finally. It wasn't me. Um, so there we go. Anyway, so that was that was the sort of negative thing for me. And, and you know, we'll, we'll give them another summer to sort it out and hopefully it'll be better. But 
that was it. And then the last thing that got rounded up was safe standing. One of the things I didn't know, Ollie, was safe standing has to be put in by the end of the season because if we go up into the championship, the next day after we get promoted, whether that's automatically or in the playoffs, we're technically a championship club. And from the point we become a championship club, we can't install safe standing because it's not allowed in the championship. So it has to be like in uh. while we're a League One club. If we don't get if, if we don't get promoted, then we could do it in the summer. It's not a problem. So let's not judge that we're not going to get promoted. Every but... cloud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then uh, that's that's rubbish because yeah, because it's that's. That's true, isn't it? Because if you, yeah, in the championship, you also have to have full seat to Sladian, don't you? After, After three years, years, yeah. But so this is why we need yeah. to get it in if we're going to, you know, if we end up in the playoffs. So there's three windows it can go in now, which is like, I think it's either one of the last two weeks of the season or in between the playoff games or in between the last playoff game and the playoff final. So it's going to go in in one of those three windows, depending on where we end up. So it'll definitely be in before the summer, I would imagine, which is quite quite good. So, yeah, very, very positive sports part of me, I thought. And it was, you know, I think there's another one coming up next month and I'll, I'll give some feedback on that, Ollie. Cool, brilliant. Should we move straight on to predictions, Ollie, and wrap this up? Yeah, definitely, yeah. So um, we obviously got um, a game at home, oh, sorry, away on Tuesday night, which I'm definitely going to. feels like I haven't been to a game for a while. Um, and you're yeah, going, I'm taking John here, aren't I? And you're coming with me, Dad, so that'll be a nice day trip for us. <laughs> cool, so so, yeah, meet you there. So that should hopefully be a good one. Obviously, Northampton not doing very well. Um, so hope, fingers crossed, uh, we can get another good result there. Yeah, they lost 3-0 at home on Saturday as well, didn't they? So they're obviously not yeah. doing well at home. So, yeah, I'd, I'd fancy us to go there and get a win, and I'll, I'll put my neck out. First time I predicted this away from home, actually, even though we've been winning, I'll go for us to win 2-0. Sorry, we're not predicting this game. What am I talking about? <laughs> we're not, no, mate. We're not. You're just so keen to, to share your oh, thoughts. Dear. So, yeah. So yeah, with, I think I think we all I think it's all fair to say. Probably all expect us to yes. beat Northampton away. Um, but the so yes, yeah, so let's predict um, Wimbledon um, Wimbledon at home. Yeah, they drew at the weekend away at um, Rochdale, which was a reasonable result for them. I think Rochdale have been up and down recently, trying to sort of recover from the amount of games they got in hand. So there are obviously no mugs away from home. But to be honest with you, as long as no. the weather's nice and it isn't like it was on Saturday, I think if we can get the ball down and play it against Wimbledon, I'd, I'd back us to, to easily win this game. So again, I'll go two 0 Cool. I'm gonna. I was gonna go two 0 as well. I was looking there, just looking where they are. They've got forty two points. Northampton, who are in the relegation, going got thirty nine. So they both playing two relegation um, games all of a sudden, um, which is obviously good after having playing teams higher up. So yeah, I'm gonna go for two nil, two nil win as what well. What are you going for, John? And are you as uh, confident about this week? <laughs> I, I think after a very dull one one draw with Northampton, where people get oh, need, needlessly angry that we haven't gone there and beat Northampton one six on the bank or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I think I was going to go two 0 as well, so I feel I go have for to. It. Now. Yeah, well there we go. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't see anything but a victory against Wimbledon. Hmm. Well, that's positive, Ollie. There we go, and it's good. There's no reason for us not to be positive the way we're playing. So, um, yeah, there we go. That'd be six, six, seven wins in a row then if we can pull that off and. Uh... I imagine they can just give us the title then. That'll be that. We can all move on to the summer. No, I just want a second place medal. <laughs> really oh, not, really not fussed about winning the league. Oh. I'd, uh, oh, just, okay. just promote because it will feel weird that a playoff place would feel like a disappointment at the end of this year. I think it's strange, isn't it? And it could happen. It is odd, but oh, I don't know. It won't happen. We're going up automatically, aren't we, Ollie? Yeah, we are. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, um, my wedding is going to have to get a big screen. Yeah, my wedding's on the playoff line, oh, so dear. yeah, that yeah that could be a bit uncomfortable. But in terms of parking, there's a oh. good place to park at Northampton. There's a, a bit near one of the roundabouts. There's a big field that's always rented out. Um, so it's a couple of quid, so that's quite good. Um, and also weather, I just thought I'd have a look because I'm just yeah, it's going to be well, it's going to be five degrees at seven o'clock. Positively tropical compared to the weekend, mate. That is Jesus. Exactly. I might wear yeah. So we bring it. We bring we bring everything, don't we, on this podcast? Weather. Engineering advice, weather. Yeah. Well, doesn't mean it's entertaining, but it's something, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, no, there exactly. we go. No, good stuff. Well, we'll see everyone down at Wimbledon uh, at uh, Northampton, and then back for the Wimbledon game, and. Uh, 
yeah, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for joining us, John. Thank you very much for having me. No worries, and I'll catch you next week, Ollie. Cheers, guys. Oh,